0: Hello and welcome to the podcast of the Damned. I'm your host Ian, and joining me as always is my co-host Nico. How's it going, buddy?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I, I I'm fantastic. It's not like we've not just been talking for the past hour and a half.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was great, actually. I it, w-
0: it was. It was incredible. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, coming up on this show. We're going to be talking about the twenty twenty movie, The Special, but we have a very special guest. We've got the director of The Special, B. Harrison Smith, joining us shortly. We have actually just recorded that interview before we we recorded the rest of this show, which is why we're we're obviously saying we're uh we've been talking for the past hour and a half because we initially intended for this interview to go what thirty to forty minutes.
1: Yeah, that's what you said at the start. That's yeah. what I
0: said at the start, and and we we came in just short, about an hour and fifteen. And I don't, like, think there's really much I can cut out of it as well. Like, it's jam-packed just with good shit.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed that.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, that's coming up shortly. Uh, We'll also have, you know, our little... uh, post review of that of the movie as well. well we'll we'll do some conclusions we'll do our ratings and we've got some new stuff happening in this episode too but we are a horror podcast that deep dives into a different topic every week in our quest to create a leaderboard of the best and worst horror movies of all time last week we talked about attack at the herbals which took the infamous bottom spot on our leaderboard uh have you had you've had a chance to think about it you still think it's bottom yeah
1: yeah yeah just <laughs> But, yeah. Just.
0: Um, so before we get into the review, uh, you obviously know the leaderboard. Where do you think the special will land and what score do you think it's going to get? I don't
1: know. I think it's going to go like mid-table
0: you think so maybe 12th 13th something like that that would put it on a par with things like event horizon the cottage hocus pocus that sort of thing
1: yeah that sort of region yeah okay okay because as i said again i genuinely have no clue what the critics are going to think of this movie
0: yeah um so that would give it a score in the region of a 6.7 so that's what you're going for
1: yeah yeah actually yeah i'd say about seven so yeah okay
0: uh, well, if you would like to support us across our social media, you can do so on Twitter at Damned Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, we're on TikTok at Podcast of the Damned. You can email us, podofthedamned at gmail.com. You can also leave us voicemails. All you need to do is just check the description for this episode and the link will be there for you to leave us a voicemail. Uh, Nico, where can people yeah. find you on the socials?
1: Uh, yeah, I've, I've rejoined Twitter.
0: You've rejoined. You finally rejoined. <laughs> <laughs> have you been back on since that day?
1: I have actually. I was on earlier on today. Oh, oh, shit, Oh,
0: shit, Okay, so where can people find you if they want to follow you?
1: I, I genuinely don't know. Give <laughs> Do <you not> <laughs> me a second. I'll look it up. You know it. I I,
0: I I can find it. I don't. I didn't know. I needed to learn your. Uh, I needed to, <laughs> I need to learn it. I needed to learn your Twitter handle. I thought you would have that one... I thought you'd have that in the bag.
1: Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm on it addictively now. No, I've been on it twice since I reopened it last time we were talking about stuff.
0: So you can find Nico at Nico22 underscore Ross. That's spelled N1C022 underscore Ross.
1: That's just weird. I'm going to have to change that. You're
0: absolutely going to have to change that because I can't explain that every single week.
1: <laughs> how... how- I'm going to ask you all for how to fucking change it then.
0: (laughs) Okay, you do that. Um, (laughs) Shall we get into the topic then? Yeah. Okay, so this week on the show, we are talking about the special.
1: You have to, Jerry.
0: She cheated
2: on you first, right? So I have to cheat on her? Please, we could try again. You're a good guy, and you're a great husband. And that is why
0: I have the perfect thing for you.
1: We're here for the
2: special.
0: Trust me, it is not what you think.
2: Dick in a box.
0: Jerry has found the
2: special. Don't bring this one back. Tell him to not return. Can you just tell me where to find Madame Zora?
1: I don't know who you're talking
2: about. Closed. No. Special. No, no. You don't go in there for any reason. Not when I'm here, not when I'm not here.
0: Does he seem like himself to you lately?
1: I could
0: be with it again. Your future is about to get rocked. So I'm delighted to be able to say that I am now joined by the director of our episode topic for this week. He has directed things such as Camp Dread, The Special, and has a huge number of projects coming up. He's got a very, very busy year, fingers crossed, coming up. Uh, A big hello to
2: B. Harrison Smith. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, Thank you, gentlemen. I'm doing well, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's it's great to be back.
0: It is great to be back. We've obviously talked uh, previously on, on a previous show, so... Um, when I decided we'd started, obviously, this show last last summer, was it Nico now? Uh, yeah, it
1: would yeah. have been, yeah. It's been
0: about six months. So I decided that when, you know, we got to this point in our sort of trajectory that I wanted to start reaching out to people, getting guests on. You know, we were looking to cover some topics that we maybe hadn't covered previously. One of the first things that came to my mind was to talk about the special. And one, you were actually one of the first people on my lists that I wanted to get on the uh-huh, show. Thank yeah. you um obviously you know we've we've been followers of each other uh, on social media and things like that for a long time so I I always find I always find like interactions with you just quite fascinating and yeah I always think you're just you're just a a cool a cool guy to know
2: (laughs) well well thank you I, I try to to do a little bit more on on social media like I said I apologize anybody listening I'm I'm getting over Omicron right now but uh I try to really just kind of change it up a little bit instead of just hawking movies, hawking movies, hawking my movies, you know, like to, to truly interact with people. And so it's, it's really a two-way street Ian, to, to enjoy people back, you know, and, and actually connect with people and have some fun discussions online. And usually I do that in between while I'm working in the office and I try to keep my timeline, you know, pretty, pretty varied and, and updated and fresh. So yeah. So thank you.
0: Yeah, no, we, we, I, I feel the exact same about social media. It'd be really easy to just sort of go onto social media for us and just be like, here's our show, here's our show, here's our show all the time. And, you know, that your fo- that's not really what, you know, your followers want. Your followers want to interact with you. They want to talk to you. They want to discuss things with you. So, no, I think you're
2: absolutely right. Yeah, I, I think so too. I agree.
0: So, um, for anyone who's listening to this, obviously you know that the, the topic that we are discussing on this episode is the 2020 movie, The Special, which, of course, uh, Harrison, you are the director of. Now, obviously, up until this point, you you directed quite a fair few horror movies up until this point, but I don't think you can say that we'd, we'd seen anything quite like The Special. <laughs> and um, I, 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 I'm, I say this with all the respect in the world and this this is a compliment i i promise you but i don't think i've seen anything
2: as weird as the special before well then we did our job i'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that um we'll get into it probably in our discussion but i was afraid while we were shooting it that it might not be weird enough <laughs> oh i i think i think you definitely hit hit the weird sweet spot <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, my my director of photography Matt Neese, who did a brilliant job uh, with with shooting the film, um, felt the same way. He said just what you said. He goes, "I think we've hit the right balance," is what he said. Because remember, he's he's behind the camera watching this, I and mean, when you know you've got your actor, you know, basically naked over a box, um, <laughs> right to the bone there, right straight right, right. to the bone. Let's just let's just get right to it. I mean, you know. And God bless Davy, uh, Davy Raffaele, who played the role. When he first called me about it, I sent him the script because when I got the script from Mark Steensland and, and James Newman, uh, the writers, um, Davy, you know, said, look, I, I think this is you know really fucked up. But <laughs> if if you're planning on doing this straight, you know, not satire, not making fun, and it's not a dark comedy, I'm in. He sa- and I said no 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 I said we're we're playing this straight this is straight up horror we're we're never going to turn to the fourth wall and wink you know it's it's going to be a straight up horror and and he said okay I'm in and I mean the very first scene we shot it's like all right Davey you got to take your clothes off and basically <laughs> pretend to put your dick in this box so <laughs>
0: Well, you know, you might as well go straight for it on set, you know, straight in there with the first scene. What well, was... that's why we did it. Yes, that is exactly. We got the worst part of it over. <laughs> what was when you when you got this script there, what was what was going through your mind when you got this script? Because obviously, like you say, this is so out there in terms of just the weird factor, which, like you say, is what you were going for. But was there any sort? was there ever any sort of reservations going through your mind about doing a
2: project like this? Oh, oh, no, that's that's actually a really good question. Nobody's ever really asked me that. Um, uh, no, there were no reservations other than I did say to Mark, the, the original writer, um, and, and when they first submitted the script to me, I didn't think there was enough there for a 90-minute movie. I mean, let's face it, once you get the gag, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of downhill, right? Like, you got to keep that audience held for 90 minutes. And how the hell do you do that with the the content of this so i mean it would have made a great like first or last episode in an anthology movie Mm -hmm. you know um like a creep show and that's what attracted me had a very tales from the dark side creep show kind of feel to it so mark understood that and he went back with james and they they retooled some things and and that was it 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 worked you know it it eventually worked the the interesting part about it with there were no reservations but i knew that excuse me uh i knew that we had to make this um look good it had to have a, a distinct look to it It had to have a feel to it it couldn't just be uh shot with with very bright lighting and, and almost like sitcom type lighting you know like a television show lighting like it's really going to depend on shadows and contrast and lighting and um the interesting part about this is not so much about the story but how it came to pass with um Uh, two gentlemen that became both producers, uh, Doug Henderson and Matt Neese. Matt became our director of photography, but Doug not only produced the film, but he plays Yvonne in the film, the big Russian dude. Yeah. Okay. I was introduced to them through a friend of a friend kind of thing. I, I live, you know, in Pennsylvania and you don't really find a lot of uh, really top notch filmmakers in your immediate area. And somebody said to me oh you, you got to check out these guys uh they have a company called bold creative media and uh, they're doing some really cool stuff and you know i i hate to sound like that because i vowed i would never sound like that but it's kind of like you get you know it's kind of like you guys i'm sure you get oh yeah i have a podcast like you meet somebody oh i have a podcast you like okay yeah, yeah, yeah. um well every you get every that, single person kinda, i meet right yeah well you i am the opposite <laughs> You may be podcasters, but you know, so I have, um, I have that a lot, you know, Oh, you're a filmmaker. Well, I know these people, I know these people. Usually you meet them and they're, they're well-intentioned, but it's, it's not the level of quality you're looking for. Well, anyway, I, I looked at their portfolio first and I remembered looking at the laptop and seeing what they had shot and put together. And I thought, I got to get these guys They're They're that good. And, um, Quite frankly, the town that they live in, which is trying to attract film to the area, just doesn't seem to appreciate them. It doesn't seem to understand that they've they've already got two top level filmmakers in their right there in their backyard. So I approached them. And um, when I met Doug and I saw the size of Doug, I mean, Doug is a big bear. He's a tall (laughs) guy. I thought, man, if he shaves his head, he could be Yvonne right? Like he could, and he was an actor. Doug has been in a number of films, including uh, one of my favorites, an independent film called Haze, about a uh, college hazing on campus. It's it's a brilliant film. It was on Netflix for a while, and I love it. So um, that's really <clears throat> the story behind how it got started. The script part was easier. Uh, getting the story in line was great, but bringing talented filmmakers to the table, because Look, we we know that this is a subject matter that that isn't gonna sell really easily. Like you have to be careful. You could slip right over into the realm of porn in this. And um, (laughs) you have to be really careful about slipping into the porn industry with this. And especially, you know, approaching in this day and age of Me Too, uh, you have to be very careful about approaching both the husband and wife characters and not look like you're trying to sexually exploit them. Mm so davy whom i've uh you know it, it's kind of like davy i've worked with a number of times so davy knows that i i make good stuff i've always put davy in good things so he knows i'm not going to make garbage but for the female role um that's where he, that's where i had a reservation i i didn't know where to go specifically and then felissa rose um you're familiar with her of Sleepaway camp yes of
0: course. Um,
2: Felissa said, we, we've partnered on a number of films and I wanted her to associate produce this. And uh, Felissa came to me and she said, listen, what about Sarah French? And I had worked briefly with Sarah on Death House. And the, the thing about Sarah that I, I really respect about her um, is that Sarah is very comfortable in her own skin. And she's a, a beautiful young woman who knows she's beautiful and that's what she markets and, and she's very confident. And she's also fine with nudity. Uh, We did approach a local actress, several local actresses in this area. And they were like, you mean I have to be naked on camera? It's like, you're going to be naked on camera and you're going to be naked on set because I'm not going to simulate the nudity. You can't can't have a bold subject like this and then be tepid and hold back, right? Like, we're not putting nudity in for the sake of nudity. We're putting it in because it is germane to the story. Yeah. Okay. It's absolutely germane to the story. So, uh, the one actress balked and, and I even, I really liked her and I thought, well, maybe we could do this. And I talked to Matt about it. And Matt's like, uh, not only will it be a camera nightmare, it'll be an editing nightmare to to cut around the nudity. You know, even if she's nude on, on set, she was like, well, I don't want to be nude on camera. So you know it, it, in the end it just didn't work and and i wasn't going to be that filmmaker to be like come on get naked get naked get naked right because then you know if she does the movie and she feels uncomfortable yeah you know that that's just bad press later on and then you're me too right then it's like oh evil harrison smith coerced this <laughs> yeah sex scenes and show her body when she didn't want to do it. i don't want any of that if you're not comfortable doing it well then another project another time that's but that's how it is, you know.
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean, like different people are obviously have different levels of comfort with what they're willing to do on and, like you say, on and off camera. And um, but I, what you, you know, it's 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 funny because like when when you sit down and watch this movie, you know, and we're you're obviously talking about the, the sort of nudity and the, the graphic nature of the film. There is actually there isn't actually that much nudity in the film as as Correct. a when you take it as a whole. So it's it's also not as if we're talking about something that you know is just tits and asses everywhere every two seconds which like you say that 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 takes you on that sort of fine line doesn't it between filmmaking and porn making doesn't it absolutely um like yeah yeah so like i i I found the the i don't know if tasteful is the right word (laughs) 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 given the subject matter of the movie but you know i I felt that that was it was a fine level of balance that was struck there
2: yes and and we really did work hard to make sure of that 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 we did strike uh the right balance with this um and and that comes mostly uh from having a a fantastic dp like matt who you know even though you're directing and you're you're watching this thing on a monitor um matt's right there like he's right there on set he's inches away and um You know, I would consult with them all the time. Well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And like, even when we do finally have the, you know, the big, you know, sex scene with the husband and wife, um, you know, I sat and I spoke with them for a while and I said, look, I, I want this to be where Jerry is almost very robotic in this because he's become so entranced with what's in the box that he's not loving. I said, when you go to touch her, I don't want you touching her in the way that you know, you're know you passionate. I want this to be like, almost like she's an object. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I directed them through this to, uh, and with Sarah saying, you know, oh, slow down. You'll, you see it in the film. She's like, no, slow down, slow yeah. down. No, he's not doing that. It's just like, look, his addiction is all about reaching fulfillment as quickly as possible to do it all again, mm-hmm. right? And um, there is no real lovemaking in this. This is uh, robotic, animalistic sex, is what it is. Because really, she is the substitute for what's in the box.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And obviously, you know, you're, you're talking there about the sort of addiction, and addiction is is the the sort of big theme of this film, if 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 you will. Um, you know, and I think that's something whether on so many different levels you know it can range from being addicted to something quite small but it, despite you know it the, the quite graphic nature and, and the topics that were that, uh, that are sort of discussed in this film it's something that i think a lot of people a wide wide audience can actually relate to with regards to addiction because i think every single person in the world is addicted to something whether it's you know something small and you know harmless to you know your big subjects like drugs and alcohol and and all of those sorts of things it's something that can really speak to a wide audience
2: yes i agree i i agree it does i think it speaks uh you know to a far wider audience than just that horror niche and and that's what we were really trying to go for here
0: yeah uh nico have you got anything to ask at this point
2: i i actually just
1: would say i really loved the way that he was in that scene where basically he was robotic and he, he... You could see his mind was on something else and playing that through like that and i thought it was just genius the way that was done by the way so that was pretty cool
2: wow thank you um it it was a very conscious thing uh to make sure you know that we we didn't as you keep saying you know that we didn't tilt this over into exploitative porn yeah that's that was my biggest concern where people like we did have somebody at the premiere I remember a a lady walked out with her husband, almost like she was leading him out by the nose. And I heard her say, she didn't know, she didn't know who I was, but this lady just walked out, like storming out. And she, just before she went through the back door, she goes, I've had just about enough of this. (laughs) And and then I thought, well, objective achieved. Well, that's it.
0: I mean, we always say, you know, if you're not getting one bad review or one person walking out, then you're, you're doing something
2: wrong. Well, and the other thing about this is uh, when I've, uh, addressed live audiences you know before this thing plays i've i've said and i i really truly do mean it um some of you are going to have very uncomfortable conversations on the way home after this movie <laughs> yeah um, <I> <laughs> right like and that that could have been it maybe this lady was leaving not because she was repulsed by what she saw on the screen but what it meant to her yeah uh, was her husband you know a <laughs> cheater did she cheat does you know like it strikes a lot of chords because you know, the, the box is just simply a metaphor for addiction. It can be anything, it can be gambling, alcohol, drugs, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it doesn't just absolutely. have to be sex.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so obviously you're talking about there about, you know, sort of screenings of the, 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 the film. Did um, did the sort of reactions that you got from for this film differ in any sort of way from the reactions you got from some of your previous works? Like, was it notably different how this was received?
2: Yeah, this one was was received differently because of, of the creepy factor to it. I mean, Death House. I mean, we we got some responses like, if you ever have ever seen the unedited uh, version of Death House, there there is one scene in there that was actually really a kind of a sicko scene to film, and uh, the audience kind of reacted to that. But Death House is more of like a, a fun roller coaster ride through the fun house. It's not. I wouldn't call Death House a, a particularly disturbing film, but when you make a film like The special, um, which pertains, you know, to uh, the the dark side of human nature, where everybody in the room can pretty much relate to it, that's a different thing. I mean, let's face it, not not many people can relate uh, to going to a summer camp like Camp Dread and you know seeing their friends executed at a summer camp, or you know zombies or or the other stuff that I've done. Um, or, you know being stuck in a subterranean governmental facility where you know monsters are chasing you through the hallways so but with the special look where it takes place right it's it's a suburban husband and wife they seem to have an idyllic life uh, everything seems great she's beautiful he's handsome they have a nice home he has a good job uh and then it all just goes wrong and and i think that's look i just finished a book about this the, the book title is called this time it's personal and The the number one thing, aside from talking about how horror has entertained us over the decades and most of all in the theatrical experience and memories it's given us, the the bottom line is is that horror is always personal. What scares the two of you on the other end of this microphone may not necessarily scare me and vice versa. So people are going to react very differently to things. Um, You know, it's, for example, uh, aside from the horrific scene in Dr. Sleep. Have you seen Dr. Sleep? Yes, we have. we, yes, we have, yeah. We've discussed I, Dr. Sleep at yeah, great yeah, depth
0: I, on this show.
2: <laughs> I, I think you'll probably know then, you know, the baseball voice. Yes. Which is horrendous. I mean, it is four and a half minutes of absolute terror for me um, to sit there. That kid, man, that kid should have got an Oscar because I totally bought into it. But that is every parent's nightmare not only to see your child disappear, okay? But wonder what kind of horrible fate befell them, okay? Um, that is true horror. But for me in Doctor Sleep, although that scene definitely made me uncomfortable and, and very scared, um, for me the scene that really truly scared me was when Ewan McGregor is sitting with the old man in, in the hospice and he's talking about death And he says something along the line of, it's not the pain of death that scares me. It's not even the act of death that scares me. But basically, what if there's nothing when I go? Like, what if there is nothing on the other side and I just cease to exist? Everything that I was, everything that I am is gone. That truly frightens me. And to me, that's why Invasion of the Body Snatchers is so scary to me. The Donald Sutherland, Jeff Mm -hmm. Goldblum film, because we cease to exist you know we're, we're no longer us anymore and it's funny they just recently showed um, an interview with larry king with norm mcdonald just just i think i saw it sometime after norm died and um they they were talking and they, they always bust on larry king if you remember for his age right mm-hmm. like it was always a big thing over here and um king then got very serious and he said something very similar that his fear is not being old and not dying, but becoming nothing. And I'm like, holy shit, Larry, I totally get what this man is saying. I totally get it. So horror is extremely personal. And I think the special resonates with people because, you know, it's people who have lost maybe something that they had. They had a wonderful partner. They had a wonderful life. They had a great job. And then through some dark manifestation that, that came through their life, they lost all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people can relate. I really do. I think that's where it comes down to why it bothers people and why this film of all my films might be so far to date, one of the most disturbing, just for the, uh discomfort that it causes how about that
0: yeah no i think you're absolutely right because you know we 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 talked about at the start of this start of this interview about you know just how out there and weird this this film is but it's also potentially the most grounded in the in the in that fact that you know its key messages are about addiction and relationships and you know like you say that's something that's personal to everyone like every single person on this planet can deal with, has had to deal with some, some form of, you know, relationship trouble, you know, at some point in their lives, they'll have felt alone or isolated. And that's exactly what the special does.
2: Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. That, that the special taps, because again, that's what good horror should do. Um, You know, like they always tell you, unless you're like Quentin Tarantino or somebody like that, don't make movies about Hollywood. And the reason why is most people can't relate to that, you know? And if you've even seen my Twitter feed where one of my biggest pet peeves is when they have like just recently, Oh, Eva Longoria, she, she just had a relatable moment. Her kid crashed her photo shoot. Shut the fuck up. How many, how many mothers are out there on 10,000 $30,000 photo shoots and their kid walks in? Yeah so fucking relatable right? <laughs> i have to say
0: i do live for your twitter feed <laughs>
2: right because we're, we're living for me this is my nightmare this is horrible everything has changed around me yeah. right and i'm looking and i'm going this is ridiculous look at these stupid headlines look at what people are watching look at what people are loving and and what the hell happened when did i miss the billboard up ahead and cross into the twilight zone i i don't I don't understand. Like, you know, again, the, the one chick, uh, she's farting in jars and she's selling them. And I mean, how, how the hell does this happen? You know, it's that scene in office space where that guy is just shaking his fist going, what the hell's the matter with you people? You know, like that's how I feel like those, those headlines that I I snark at are therapy for me, gentlemen, yeah. that's, that's what it is because if I don't laugh at it or if I don't make fun of it, it's going to scare the hell out of me. Yeah. And because people are like, the worst part is, is when you get that one person goes, well, I don't think that's so terrible. That's because you're an idiot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> oh, we are 100% with you. 100% with you on, on that. No, um, you, you, you look at some of these headlines and some of the things that are just said, and you're just like, this is, this, is this really how the sort of, the other half live really, isn't it? Because, you know, um myself and Nico we're you know we're we're from very working class backgrounds you know I, I grew up really poor and so like some of these side links you look at and you just think my god it's uh yeah it's 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 sad and depressing and angering all at the same time very much so
2: yes, yes. it is it
0: is uh, and sorry go ahead no 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 um sorry I was I wasn't saying anything there <laughs> neither was i i was just kind of just <laughs> echoing
1: again nico I'm jump in save us this.
2: right go Hi, ahead so go ahead
1: the, Nico, please the whole work working class like the weirdest one i heard of recently was there was a girl she's one of those gamer ones and she was in floods of tears to her twitter followers because she was absolutely heartbroken that she'd been banned for a day and she she was banned for a day because she'd said fuck by accident like, like she, you could see it in her face she had been fuck oh shit yeah, instantly regretted it, you
0: know. And oh, if that was the case, day. I'd be banned for life because yeah, when I, I'd, cause I, I, I I stream video games as well and uh, they, they are full of swear words. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I mean, and this is somebody that's making thousands for it and she's like, in floods of tears, she's like, I won't make, and I can't even remember how much it was, it was a couple of grand she lost out on. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if, if you're making that a day, you're not going to miss that much of
0: it. Yeah, if you're making that a day, you're not going to miss not making that for one day
2: you're correct but but now we've become like um everybody's a victim now right and we we've learned the new ability to market that victimhood and I think a lot of that starts with like Chrissy Teigen who has been able to uh find herself in belligerent situations of her own creation and then turn around and go oh woe is me I'm a victim and poor Chrissy Teigen and uh and then like, you know, broadcasts and and posts on media about her miscarriage. And look, grief is a private thing. Mm -hmm. And if you're miscarrying, like there are sometimes I put on there, I don't know if you've ever seen me snark back, but my response is seek therapy, not attention. Yeah. You know, if this is so devastating to you, Twitter is not going to help you. Uh, Instagram is not going to help you. Then you need to go see a therapist and you need to to take care of this problem. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, then you get called. You know, oh, you're mean and you're insensitive. No, this is part of the game here of attracting more attention, such as fabricating crises. Like, uh, you know, Paulina Poroskova Por- uh, has just, I guess, apparently discovered the internet. And since Rico Kasich died from the cars, this woman has taken on the Chrissy Teigen model. Mm-hmm. So what she's done is uh, she will. She's what 56 or something like that. So she poses in bikinis deliberately baiting people to talk about her age so then she can get these articles that say chris uh chrissy see uh paulina (laughs) paulina's claps back paulina answers back to haters online no 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 see she's fabricating a crisis here um so she can create uh, a controversy deliberately and make it look like she's some empowered woman uh that that you know is just uh unwarranted getting unwarranted criticism I don't care if you got a body at 56 or 70 i don't care and if you can flaunt it hey good for you yeah you know but but don't start talking like you're doing something important here okay there's nothing important about posing in a bikini it's it's the basis of anything look all three of us could do it if we wanted to it doesn't mean we're going to get the likes or the attention that paulina does but (laughs) You know, it's it's no different than over here where we have television shows that celebrate nothing but reproducing. You know, the idiot Duggar family or John and Kate plus eight, uh, where their only accomplishment is fucking and reproducing. That's it. Oh, okay, wow. Well, that's that's really hard to do. No, I mean,
0: it speaks to. I think it just speaks to the sort of whole reality TV era that we went through over the past couple of decades as well, doesn't it? You know, for over here things like. Big Brother and and, and shows of that ilk where, and we have those celebrities over here as well, that, you know, their entire sort of careers now is all about them putting on maybe four or five stone in weight and then losing it again. And that's just, and that's a repeat cycle every single year. And Correct. that's how they get it, because when they do lose the weight, they get the articles in all the, the magazines again about sure, their incredible yeah. weight loss journeys and, and all the that. The
1: fitness video that comes out at the end of and the their year fitness just videos and
0: all those for sort-
2: everyone. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it's it's the yeah. same sort of thing. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean, stupid knows no borders, you know, so <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's on our television or yours. Stupidity is stupidity. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, we we've embraced stupidity. I mean... I don't know what it's like over there on your end, but over here, with the amount of morons that have suddenly become educated in virology and <laughs> epidemics, oh, it's bods uh, here. <laughs> You know, looking at looking at you know YouTube videos and uh, you know discredited doctors and everything and 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 bullshit. You know, chiropractors pretending they're part of a documentary um, and people going, "I saw it. I know. Oh, I know. Um, this this is exactly what I'm talking about." Going back to horror is personal. Because while I joke about all of this, it's actually downright scary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the amount of people that are that are talking about being magnetized by vaccines, oh, um, the, the amount of people that went uh, to, you know, uh, Dealey Plaza in Texas to wait for John F. Kennedy Jr. to emerge, like, I guess, Christ from the tomb. Um, you know, this this is uh this is a problem. This isn't just one or two people and it's not even a dozen people or a couple dozen people. We're talking, these are thousands if not tens of thousands of people. And, you know, I don't want to get this all off track on a political diatribe or anything. I'm no, just saying- No, you fill your boots, it's fine. <laughs> it's as it's like harm. idiocracy is becoming real. That's what right. it's like. Well, so that, yeah, that's what it is. Acquired. Yeah, we, we might as well start pouring Gatorade on our plants um, <laughs> because, I mean, well, you know, a, a, again, that's that's really what it comes down to. That I, I knew we'd get to idiocracy. I just didn't think we'd get there so fast. Yeah. And, you know, and I thought I, we still had a good 20 years yet. Right? We're, and I we're, think we're the, here.
0: The thing is, as well, is you you, you, all, you never know how close to home it actually hits. I remember at the start of the pandemic, a family friend who we're, 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 rel- we're relatively close with told me that they believed that COVID was actually caused by pollution. Oh and that everything else was just a hoax you know it was just a hoax and this is someone that you know up until that point in my life i had believed to be a relatively intelligent person um
2: yeah well that's it isn't it then you you find out they've been changed right they fell asleep in the pod people got them exactly exactly exactly
1: a work colleague one of my close work colleagues and he's, i'm not mentioning names because he might listen <laughs> uh, he, you know
0: who you are <laughs>
1: he, he he said to me like i hadn't seen him in about a year and he's, he's like oh uh how are you i'm like i ain't bad we've got uh, about the vaccine I, I'm, I'm triple job now but i was double at that point and he's like oh uh, can't can't believe you've got vaccinated you're going to be one of them folk that they're going to get rid of because he believes that it, everyone that gets a job is a folk that's going to be, get killed off by the Illuminati type thing. That's what oh, yes, yes, saying. Oh yes, yes. The
2: the Illuminati or the lizard people. Yes. Yeah, oh.
1: and then and then I'm thinking myself, right? I'm not being a dick here, but think of it from your view, right? If if you're the Illuminati, are you going to? kill off the people that you can actually control to get a job or are you going to kill off the people that you can't get to get a job
0: i don't know why like, you tried to, to try to use logic yeah and with that's this the person.
2: thing you can't you, you can't argue with crazy you really <laughs> but, can't so but, no
1: this is the thing i put like an argument like that forward to him and he just instantly was just like yeah you've maybe got a point point," and he went and got vaccinated
0: oh wow oh. well
1: thank <laughs>
2: god like, I
0: was like, "What the fuck?" But I just showed I, you. You
2: know, I, I had well, I had somebody on Twitter recently because I I did say that I have Omicron and you know and and just to to put that out because I if you've noticed in my tweets I follow it with vaccines work mm-hmm. and um this one guy wrote well you know maybe you wouldn't have gotten it at all if uh you know things would have been as promised from you know Doctor Fauci kind of thing and I'm like I didn't hear any promise from that you see. Vaccines are not created to permanently prevent you from getting a disease. They, they, they worked out that way on some things like polio, but it took decades to eradicate polio and smallpox. It didn't happen overnight. And in addition to that, the vaccine is created to lessen the impact of the virus upon you should you contract it. Yep. There is no guarantee. I never heard once Fauci say, you get the vaccine, you're safe. It just means that if you get it, you might not have a ventilator to down your throat exactly. you know, down your windpipe. and and i know you you obviously said it the the just before we came
0: on came on and started recording that you know you, you obviously you felt the effects of it but you know who's to say the effects of that wouldn't have been so much worse had you not been vaccinated
2: well absolutely look my brother is a nurse at at a, an area hospital right around here and the place is overflowing with unvaccinated covid victims mm-hmm. and he called me this morning on a rant. He said, "You know what? I hate to say it. I just wish these fuckers would die." He said, <laughs> "He said they've turned, they've turned our regular floor for regular patients into a COVID floor now because it's overflowing and they're turning away some people because you know they're these people with these unvaccinated are getting the ventilators. They're getting all that and you know what happened to my body, my choice. What happened to that? Okay, well then." you know then don't get the vaccine and take your chances that's fine but you know you got i got omicron and or you know i didn't get delta but i got omicron and somebody said we'll see you caught it anyway no i caught a variant of it because all you dumbasses didn't go out and get the vaccine so this thing was able to shift its game plan that's what viruses do yeah they shift you know but again then you always hear people go well I didn't learn. I I don't remember hearing that in science class, and it's like that's because you were either skipping it, smoking in the bathroom, or you fucking failed the classroom (laughs) moron. Don't don't talk about that the teacher didn't teach it. You just didn't learn it. That's really what it is. So now you go on YouTube and you watch some dumbass on there with some music and fancy editing and some green screen effects. And suddenly now you believe that, you know, your 5G service is going to increase better because they're injecting nanobots into your system, (laughs) or this is some nefarious plan. Let me tell you something. If this was a conspiracy to wipe out the population and reduce the population, it was done by the three stooges because it's the dumbest virus created to do that. Okay. If you wanted to create a virus, then you soup up the bubonic plague and you wipe out nine out of 10 people. That's what you do. To reduce the virus you don't create something that at the worst you might be on a ventilator and possibly survive or at the least you get a cold okay this this is made by the worst supervillain in the world <laughs> so you know i you know i i'm and i don't want to hijack this whole thing on this we're sticking no to I'm, this loving that. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving that i'm loving it but this. you know we're we're in this horror world now that's how i feel where you know, it's it's just, what happened to you? Like you said, there are people that I thought I knew. And you know, like somebody said on online one time, a friend of mine uh, on on Facebook said something a while back, like, no matter what happens in 2022, I hope you'll all just understand what I'm trying to say here and that you think and be yourselves, think for yourselves and be yourselves. And I wanted so badly to write back. And that is, oh, you mean not like, you know, Uh, spouting your political diatribes to the Republican Party that you've sworn your allegiance to and Trump and um, you know that everything is in Jesus's hands because you're you're thinking very freely right now aren't you that that's what you're saying right so I, I I can think individually as long as I think like you that that's basically what you're saying because you're right and I'm wrong and this is invasion of the body snatchers and that is we've all become like the other and Listen to what is, is said in that movie when uh, Leonard Nimoy tells Brooke Adams and, and Donald Sutherland, you know, you can wake up tomorrow, you can have the same car, you can have the same house, you'll have the same job, you'll have the same memories, but it's not you anymore. Mm-hmm. So, what good is any of that? And so, you know, yeah, okay, you, you can go off and not be vaccinated, and that's fine. That is your choice. But don't be surprised when this thing mutates. And he, it can either get worse or it can get easier. You know, that's the other thing too. Omicron could be, and I don't know, I'm not a virologist, but it could be a blessing in disguise that we're finally seeing that the virus is kind of, you know, petering out because it's in a virus's interest to not kill its host. Yeah. Okay. So the virus yeah. learns. All right. It just, it wants to just keep replicating. So it doesn't want to kill the host because once that happens, it reaches the end of the line. So, people act like, Oh, well, look, you know, the, 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 vi- the vaccine didn't protect against Delta. T-. Well, no shit. I mean, I, I, this is like middle school science class here and, and we're not getting it. So again, coming back to the horror personal thing. This is horror to me. Yeah. Watching a world yeah. turn into basically the monsters are due on Maple street from the twilight zone or invasion of the body snatchers. Um, we have a problem and even look at jerry in the special when his wife tries to reason with him he doesn't want to hear it right he doesn't want to hear it at all yeah he just wants to keep
0: he's changed so much hasn't he from that person that we see in the beginning correct
2: he is he's a totally different person by the end he's almost childlike and stupid at the end if you remember when he's like saying to Yvonne like he's actually bargaining right like that's one of the steps toward death right there's anger and then finally it's you know then there's bargaining and then there's acceptance and you know there he is he's bargaining with Yvonne like maybe maybe if you bring it back we could work together and you know like I want to zip back again and it's like dude you are going to die and we all know it Mm -hmm. okay there's there's no way out of this but one way and um that's what I love about Davy's performance at the end of the special because he's reduced almost to a child pleading with a parent. You know, yeah. if you just give me one more chance, just give me one more chance, I'll, I'll be able to do it right. I've learned, I've learned, I've learned. And he hasn't, it, right? It, it, just him begging for the box back um, tells you he's learned absolutely nothing and he's lost it all. He, he lost his friend, he lost his job, he lost his home, he lost his wife, and he also lost his child, Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've you've lost just about everything a person can lose in your life. So that's that's horror. That's real horror. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So. Absolutely agree
1: with you. Um, so, I'm i so, so not glad... listening listen, to agreeing with everything. When are you doing a COVID movie?
0: <laughs> 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 I mean, that's that's just surely too too close to home for, for horror there. <laughs> um, I, I'd but, go watch it. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I'm glad. You know, I'm glad you sort of took us kicking and screaming back to the spe- the special there. Yes, um, yes. One one thing before we sort of sort of move on to things you've got coming up and and, and some of your projects and that and one of the things I did want to mention, which in, you sort of talked about it earlier about you know uh, sort of the lighting of the movie. It does have a yes. sort of very distinctive look. It's got that sort of purple palette. If yes, you will, which yes. you know is very very distinctive, I think works really well. But one of the things that really stood out to me, and and really sort of specifically in that sort of final scenes of the movie, it was was and it's something that we talked about the last time we spoke. Is is the use of practical effects because yes. here in this movie, I think they, they it looks incredible. You know that 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 sort of sticky, gooey, icky na- nature of it. It's <laughs> it's just. <laughs> It, it really gets you squirming in your seat. I don't know how you feel about it, Nico, but I thought yeah. that was really, really excellent use of practical effects.
2: Well, and that was the plan from the very beginning. And that is, uh, I, I talked to Roy Kinnearum at Soda Effects, and I said that uh, I don't want to rely on CGI on this. There there was some cleanup CGI done um, to hide certain pipes and wires and animatronics on the blob. And uh, at the end, when when Jerry's body is going through the transformation there, there were some cables and things that had to be hidden, and we just erased them. Um, in addition to that, uh, sometimes to give the blob a, a bit of a more psychedelic feel to it, uh, there was there was a, a CGI kind of sheen put atop of it. But the the actual blob itself is is a puppet, and um, so is Jerry's entire body at the end on the bed. It's it's one gigantic puppet operated by I think four operators
0: that's 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 really incredible i know because when we spoke about this last time as well you know obviously and i think if you if you go throughout the sort of horror fandom you know people will say oh we love practical effects practical effects practical effects but there is absolutely that place for cgi like you say you're doing sort of touch-up shots you're putting little finishing touches on things i think there is absolutely a place for cgi and you know it has its worth but you know i think when you can combine the two in the way that you managed to do in this film because I, I it honestly really is an incredible example of how that can come together and really create something to make someone just just squirm in their seats which we well, see fantastic. and that's that's yeah. the
2: magic of, of our director of photography as well too because he understands not just film but he understands effects so he knew that the lighting had to be conducive also to the effect because the wrong lighting and you'll lose detail you'll lose detail on that practical effect. And then it just loses its impact. So he understood all of that. He under, like he said, he goes, well, what color are the final effects? What, like, what color does, does Jerry's skin turn? So he adjusted his lighting uh, to the, the, the skin tone changes that were coming. So, you know, he wanted to make sure we captured every single detail. And it was Matt who came up with the entire, um, like you had said, that, that lavender pink palette uh, purplish palette uh, kind of uh, uh you know lighting scheme that works so well you know that it, it's just the right balance between you know a uh, whorehouse and spa yeah. kind of thing <laughs> and um which is a uh, balance God.
0: we're all looking for <laughs> yes I mean, which is
2: which is a very good balance yes and but to many spas
1: there's a few of dark light and like that <laughs> right there,
2: there, there are a few that are questionably lit yes and yeah. yeah you know and um and and matt got it so i'm very very proud of the lighting uh and and the way that matt composed uh the scenes i sat down with him and i i told him i i want certain things to look like you know from the movie drive i i want things to echo you know let's scare jessica to death uh you know like that kind of thing I'm, i'm looking for you know, colors to change things. Um, and that's a lot to do on a small budget film. You know, it's, you don't have a lot, you don't have the luxury of time to to fiddle around with things. So, you know, you, you need almost production shorthand with your DP um, who says, okay, I can't give you that, but I can give you this. And I think that's about 90% close to what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very important. The relationship between a director and the director of photography is is paramount if if you're if you're a director not getting along with your dp the film is going to suffer as a result
0: i think that's one of the things that I, i really love about sort of like you say low budget movies as well is it forces everyone to just be that bit more creative as well i remember um when i was talking to uh naomi grossman who if uh i don't know if you know that she plays pepper on american horror story And um, we was talking about one of her movies, 1BR, and one of the things that she highlighted was, you know, just the difference that there is behind the scenes on something that's really low budget, like 1BR, compared to being on this huge show, like American Horror Story. And, you know, for me, I would always much rather go for that sort of low budget thing, just because it, it forces creativity out of everyone involved.
2: Yes, and and that's, well, that's what Spielberg found out, right? I mean, Jaws wasn't exactly low budget, but he did find out about having to be forced into creativity. I mean, you know, by now we've heard these stories many, many times of how he chose to use the barrels because the mechanical shark wasn't working and he was forced to become creative, but that's because Spielberg came from the low budget world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he just didn't walk onto set with a, a $12 million budget in 74, um, he he came up the ranks. He knew how to work with what he had. And, you know, that's fun to do. Often it can be very strenuous. It can be very um, very exhausting to have to to work that way. And uh, we shot the special in 19 days, Which so that's is a, quick. It's a short, that's a short shoot time. Really? Yeah, yeah. 19 that's days. Yeah, 19 that's days. That's really impressive.
0: You <laughs> must've <have> been exhausted. <laughs>
2: We were. It was It was a lot to do. And then, you know, the outside scenes that we did shoot, um, it was really cold. I mean, we're talking like seven degrees Fahrenheit below zero, you know, to, to the point where at one point the camera got so cold. When we went back to look at the footage, Matt and his eagle eye fortunately noticed it, that it had actually dropped a pixel. Oh, wow. In, in the picture that had to go back and be replaced in post. So that's Jeez. how cold it got. Yeah. Matt was a beast filming <laughs> in the cold. He he really was, his goal was, is I'm going to make this work. And and he did. It's almost like he has a goatee kind of thing. Hmm. I almost expect him to be like one of those mountain goats with the ice hanging from his beard <laughs> and his chin, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised to have that happen, but yeah, 19 days in, in a lot of cold and, um, in addition to that, you know, you have your effects, and the uh, Madame Zora's place was a real place uh, that actually had residents there. It was more of a of a, an apartment style building, an old Victorian apartment style building. So you know, you're shooting, and you have somebody in their room, and they all were aware over months in advance we would be shooting there. But people don't usually understand when when you tell them I'm shooting a movie here. They they don't get it, and so. You know we're shooting and all of a sudden somebody's singing in the shower and you have to stop you know cut and then you have to go up and politely ask these people who live there if they could keep it down in their own <laughs> home you know so it's it's not an easy thing to do it's not like we had a set where we could build it and we're contained on a silent controlled uh sound stage there, there was nothing like that we're, we're working in real places the restaurant that the film opens up with as uh, a real place it's called the rockfish and um You know, fortunately, we they were able to uh, let us shoot there on a Monday night when the place was closed. So, you know, everybody in that scene are are all extras, and that was one of the few times we had a real location that we could control the location. But you're still shooting on the street where you know over here i don't know what it's like on your streets over there but we have uh, the wonderful motorcyclists and redneck um, muffler truck guys who decide that you know it's always great to have these gigantic mufflers going so you know you're in the middle of a scene and jerry's talking on some that goes by and you're like cut gotta go back do it again and so you, you know you're not on a controlled set whatsoever and um but we got it, I mean, we, we made it through and we did it. There were times we wanted to bang our heads against walls a couple of times, but uh, overall we, I think we pulled it off. And the film did win uh, Best Special Effects from Mick Garris over at um, uh, Grim Fest, you mm-hmm. know, last year.
0: And, and, so, and it's fair. To say, uh, he knows a thing or two about special effects. Yeah, Mick knows a few things, yeah. He, he, he's, 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 he's done some things. He's done a, <laughs> just, <laughs> just a few things, yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> like,
1: like, it takes a lot to creep me out in movies, and this bit had a scene where it creeps me out, and it was funny, kisses the blob, and it was just like, bleh. Yeah, it's like, funny uh, you say
2: that. Yeah, Nico, when you say that, because... Um, Doug who played Yvonne was also he he was one of the editors of the film Matt and Doug also edited the film and Doug said the same thing he's like oh because that scene where he kisses it you know and it just the goo coming off of it and you know it's it's tracing from his lips back and he's like he goes I just shudder every time I look at it and I'm like yeah but guys do you think it's gross enough and I
1: will
2: I got to tell you, gentlemen, I really thought we had a tepid horror film. I really did. I was I was like, you know, look, in, in Death House, I had a guy getting a blowjob from a severed head, you know, so <laughs> it's it's kind of like, well, that's almost like what the special is anyway. But um, there was, a you know, the scene where the wife is in the shower, you know, like in the bathroom.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Do you remember that after yep. she comes in the hotel room, not at their home? but when she's lying on the floor in the bathroom, right. Well, there, during that, I, I remember during lunch, uh, the, the day before we shot that scene, um, I sat with Matt and Doug and I asked him, I said, you know, do you think maybe we should really push the envelope? And Matt goes, I think we have already. (laughs) And I said, yeah, but you know, in the scene where, you know, Lisa's on the floor and you know Jerry's touching her like you notice that right? Like mm-hmm. now he's showing yeah. affection to her, and why is he doing it? Because she's inanimate now, right? She's yeah. an inanimate object. Now he's turned on by that. When she was moving and free moving and free will, he wasn't interested. But now she's like a box, right? Like that's what she is. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to take that further. We were going to go for a full blown necrophilia scene, <laughs> and um, and. And I sat down with, with Davey and Sarah, and they were both like, all right, if, if you feel this is the way it should go, we're, we'll do it, you know? And I'm like, okay. But then it was Matt. It was Matt who sat me down then, and he said, look, I'm, I'm the one that's seeing a lot of this here. He goes, I know you are too, but he goes, I, I think you're hitting just the right balance. And he goes, I think that could push it over the edge, because let's face it, it could to the point where a distributor might balk. Yeah. Right. Like they they might say, oh, you got to get rid of that. You know, you can't. I mean, it's funny now in this age where we are, where certain things are acceptable and horror and certain things are not. I just went through this with where the scary things are with with Lionsgate and what they deem acceptable and what they deem not. And so, you know, the whole necrophilia thing could have really pushed us into, you know, NC-17 territory mm-hmm. where, you know, a distributor just says we're, we're not doing that. You know, yeah. we're, we're not picking that. I mean, you could always excise it, right? You could always cut it out, right. um, which that's what I had. The MPAA came back on Death House with that scene I just told you about and said, you can't keep that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, but it's pretty good. You see that freaking spinal cord flopping all over the place. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty good. You know, oh, I man. like it.
0: no i think i think you're right i think that the 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 balance that that was struck in the end was was just the the right amount for for what you were looking to achieve from the film so well
2: and that's also part of the the teaming up with filmmakers right that's why you work as a team you work with doug and matt and you ask advice right you you ask them what they think you don't you just don't go in and bulldoze the film. It's a team effort. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's their name on the film too, you know? So you want you want this to be something that everybody feels proud of. And look, in the end, you are the director. And in the end, you you own, you have ownership over whether the film is well-received or not. Because in the end, the reviews don't go after the DP. They don't go after the editor. Uh, I mean, they'll mention them, but it's always the director who's in the hot seat, you know? So, um i mean there was one review that said the special is nothing more than a guy who puts his dick in a box and it's like well maybe i guess (laughs) i don't know the thing about that that scene
1: the thing about that scene where it's on the floor you pick up on yeah it's very close to him being necrophilia there you definitely pick up on you definitely pick up the way he's touching everything just like yeah he's he's a way to take this way too yeah you're
2: almost making the audience feel like oh no are they going there like you know what i mean like, <laughs>
1: yeah
2: and so
0: that's well, i think because everything you've seen up until that point as well like you know you're watching a movie that's that's really not afraid to push to push that boundary so you're almost watching it like you say going you know are they going to go there but everything that we've seen previous tells us that you know, they they might just go there, and yeah, the we fact, might, and we we almost did, and the fact that you almost did, so yeah, that's that's super interesting. I mean,
2: Sarah and Davey were totally up for it; they were ready to just do their thing on the floor of that that hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so weird for her to play, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's uh, like professional. I said, she is really. I mean, and she's a joy to work with. You know, she's so sweet, and she's got a very good sense of humor, and um she, she was totally in like, you know, there, I, I I don't think there was much I could ask her to do other than I I don't even know that she would have balked at because she was like, I just want to make the best possible film that we can. And, and that's where, again, you know, part of that is restraint, you know, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. So, and that's why we did not end up shooting that we, we could have, um, but we ended up not wasting the time and, um, and just decided we're going to go with, with what we have. And, and my team felt that we had delivered enough discomfort. Before,
0: before we move on to, you know, some of the things that you've got coming up in 2022, Nico, have you got anything else to ask about the special?
1: No, no. I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation with Dom barely but part of it because it's, it's been really good to listen to you about what you've thought of it really.
0: I always find it interesting to sort of listen to people's creative processes and yeah. you know, some of the things that they have to go through so f- so like I say before we get into what you've got coming up thank you very much for coming on and sharing sharing some of those stories with us we do appreciate oh absolutely
2: it. I mean I, I hope people listening enjoyed it you know you, you probably have to edit this down a little bit I rambled but
0: all that all if has if, if listened to our show it's nothing but rambles and tangents. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know you're, you're you're fitting in just uh. just perfectly here. <laughs> um, but as we, as we've been sort of alluding to, and you've you've mentioned the projects that you've got coming up, you do have a sure. film
2: coming out this year. I do. It's called Where the Scary Things Are. It's coming from Lionsgate Grindstone, and it's a monster movie. And I'm very very proud of it. Um, there are a lot of uncomfortable moments in that movie as well too. And, um, I wanted to make something more than just a monster movie, but, you know, good horror should always have something to say as well too. whether it's about us society or, or, you know, the, the, the mores or whatever it is that we, we adhere to. And, um, I think, uh, where the scary things are is a wonderful commentary, uh, basically on, on the life of, of the American teenager and, um so it's uh it's a very interesting film it's it's got some great practical effects the monster is great uh we've got a couple terrific really good kills in this thing and um most of all we have an incredible cast and i hate to use the word incredible because it's so overused um but we really do because we we shot this during the pandemic and uh the the group of kids that i got I'm, i'm not kidding you i plucked them all right out of high school like they were at the top of their high school drama programs and we were all shut down and Hollywood was shut down. You, I had to make this movie. And fortunately I went to high school with one of the kids' mothers and I said, you know, Peter is, uh, he's, you know, really a good actor and that's what he wants to be when he gets to college and stuff. And eventually out of college, do you think he could rustle me up some kids? So I, I auditioned about 25 kids via zoom and um selected the ones that that you see in the film and uh i i know i made the right decision because not only were they easy to work with they really give off a stellar performance on on camera they're they're great matt Neese, by the way was also uh the cinematographer for this as well awesome it it looks beautiful well so have you
1: got anyone from the special in this one
2: uh yeah davy is back davy has uh he was in it for one day uh he plays one of the kids parents Um, Doug is back. Uh, he played Yvonne. Uh, he returns as a homeless guy. Uh, it's a really good scene with that one. And, uh, I think that's about it for anybody from the special. Um, but, but I wanted to see Davey because believe it or not in the special, I mean, Davey has a very boyish face. He looks young. Um, he, what I like about him, why I wanted him also for the special is I think, uh, Davey has a very Anthony Perkins, Norman Bates look to him, that he has that twitchy smile. Like he could be smiling at you, but it could also be a leer. Right. And that's what I love about Davey's face. And uh, that was put to good use. And where the scary things are, either is he plays a lawyer father who's extremely awful uh, to his son. And uh, so it was a bit of a change of pace for Davey. And, um, was it was a brief role he's he's only in like a couple scenes but he's great when he's in them and uh so that that's all that made it from the special for where the scary things are because again we were we were shooting at the height of the pandemic in summer you know of that pandemic so but that's the one thing i've got coming i just had a christmas film uh that released over the holidays with sean patrick flannery and uh it's called all i want for christmas and it was on pluto tv i think it's on paramount plus now and uh, I was on pop TV and Roku, and it's a fun little Christmas film, believe it or not, coming from the guy who made a movie <laughs> dick in a box. it's It's actually a, a very sweet film. hey george George Miller did the Mad Max movies and turned around and did Babe the Talking Pig. So
0: we all love a change of pace sometimes, right. yeah,
2: that's that's a good change of pace. so um but yeah, the the, the Christmas film came out really good. it's It's very sweet. Um, I use some of the kids from scary things in that. And it was fun and uh, did well. I got some really good notices and you know, like I'm doing my job. And then, like I said, I have uh, my book coming uh, this fall. I've got two books coming and I'm working on a third with Felissa Rose. Um, but the two books I've got coming, one is mine. It's called This Time It's Personal. And you follow me on Twitter and you know that Jaws the Revenge is the bane of my existence. <laughs> Um, It is truly, in my opinion, not only just the worst motion picture ever made, but it's not a motion picture at all. It is totally anti-film, is what (laughs) Jaws the Revenge is. And I've supported that already to the nth degree. But in the book, I close my book with, you know, another uh, tirade against Jaws the Revenge. (laughs) Um, But then I'm working uh, with uh, the director and writer of the original uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Tommy Lee Wallace. That's right. And I'm working with him uh, on the definitive making of probably the most misunderstood horror film ever made. And um, Tommy is very excited about it. And Tommy's been very uh, moved by the the rehabilitation of the film, I would say, over the last 40 years. And he never thought it would turn out this way. And, and Tommy had said that you know he was just left so crushed and dejected by the failure of the film and not only the failure of the film, but the reception of the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because again, as we all know now, it was never intended to be a part of the Halloween franchise. It is, it has nothing to do with any of them whatsoever. And, uh, but the studio, you know, panicked and God forbid we put out anything new or different. So they went back and slapped Halloween three, over that title but tommy talks about all of that and most of all it's going to be like a coffee table book because it's going to be filled with photographs of behind the scenes stuff and and all that it's it's just going to be great awesome so we're very 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 excited about all of that and, and getting that um you know out and that'll be publishing also this fall of, of 2022 and um yeah i mean i'm working with felissa rose right now in a book about her life and the and the life that sleepaway camp gave her. Mm-hmm. And uh she's got I mean, you have talked with Felissa. She's uh she's got such a fascinating life both before and after Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. And um most of all, she's so accessible and easy to talk with and she's very entertaining. Yeah. So she, um, she really is. Um she, she really is. Yeah. The book the book is gonna be great. It's it's called A Rose by Any Other Name. And um so it's going to work out really well. And then I'm working on uh, several film projects right now to get up and going for 2022. I've, I'm on the border of one right now. I can't talk too much about them because they're not in place. And it's not that they're confidential, but I've always prided myself on not being that filmmaker to just talk about 20 things and then out of them, maybe one happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, or in other words, a, a bullshitter. So yeah. <laughs> um, we all, we all know a few of that right cuz i'll i'll drop the names of these projects in like 6 months from it, oh where's that project i thought you said on that podcast that you know you were going to do this and it didn't happen so it's like i just you know you, you all lincoln once said the smartest animal on the planet is the rooster because it will only crow when the egg is laid <laughs> so it's like uh, and i'm paraphrasing him i don't <laughs> but, but you know no. it's right but yeah i i you know i've I've got several things going on uh two of them pretty big things that i'm very excited about and hope that they fall into place um you know we're coming out of the holiday season now so hollywood is is actually just starting to wake up and get back to the office or turn on their phones and answer emails (laughs) Uh, probably won't really officially start doing that till tomorrow because then then they've got a big you know work month ahead of them because most of the executives in Hollywood will work for the next two weeks. And well, then it's Sundance and we're off for another two and a half, three weeks. (laughs) So, you know, just got to get that window in there when they work. So it's, uh, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. And, um, so I'm pretty excited and I'm very happy about this book coming. Um, I think people are going to enjoy it and it's, it's been a long time coming. It was not inspired by Jaws, the revenge, but it was inspired by the idea that, um, I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not getting the kind of experiences that we used to decades ago because technology, as great as it is, and has given us the ability to see movies now pretty much anywhere at any time, there's nothing like watching a great film in the theater with an audience, and especially horror movies. Yeah. Uh, to, to sit in a great horror film with 200 people in a gigantic black box with a screen on the front and people are screaming and yelling and jumping and plotting and there's nothing like it and we are losing that covid has definitely impacted that but technology is has also really done done a number on this where you know again almost every movie i would say but you know certain ones in particular like jaws or star wars lawrence of arabia whatever they're not meant to be seen on a phone screen yeah and now we have kids are growing up punching the you know the 10 20 second 30 second skip buttons just to get to the good part they're they're not enjoying like for example i just recently spoke to a middle school about you know the monsters are doing maple street how it inspired my career and then you know horror movies and this one kid looked up one of my movies on his ipad um the fields and he said "Oh, i'm gonna watch this you know during lunch and I looked at him and in front of the whole class, I said, please don't. And he said, why not? And I said, well, I, I'm glad you wanna see it, but go home tonight. If you're that anxious to see it, go home. I said, you got a bean bag? He's like, yeah. I said, curl up in that bean bag with a bucket of popcorn, like a bowl of popcorn, get a soda, turn out the lights and put it on a really nice big screen television and enjoy it, okay? Don't just watch it. Anybody can watch it. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your tablet, whatever. It's not the same. It's not the same at all. And like I can watch a movie, like I, I've seen Jaws well over a hundred times. <laughs> where I love seeing it most of those times in repeat viewings is when I'm showing it to someone else who's never seen it. And that's the excitement that I get. Watching an audience react and jump and scream and yell because that's what made me want to make movies jaws is the movie that made me want to make movies my mother took me when I was eight years old to see it in this in the theater and it was the first movie where people stood at the end and applauded and that that made a, an impact on me I'm like holy cow I've never never seen this before like people are applauding they loved it that much and it's like I want to do that I want to make people applaud I want to make people jump that's what I want to do yeah and, that's how
0: it all started. Yeah, and and you know that 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 goes from everything you know from anything anyone who does anything to do with film, whether you're a filmmaker like yourself, an actor, um, all the way down to just you know people like us who podcast. Because one of the love things I love about doing this the, this show and talking about movies is you know even regardless of you know how big or small that audience you your audience is. Sorry, you you may be bringing a movie to somebody that they have just never known before you know there may be somebody sitting listening to this podcast right now going you know what I've never seen the special or last week we did you know a really really small uh, Scottish film which um you know very very few people have seen and we've covered a few films Nico now since we've been doing this that you know maybe have gone slightly more under the radar than you know your big hitters like your screams and your Halloweens and, and things like that so what's one of the things that I love about doing this is that sort of satisfaction almost that you know you're bringing these movies to the attention of somebody who's never seen them before and then they can go and experience you know what
2: exactly. you're saying they can that's like, what it's all about yeah. i agree
0: well um harrison thank you so so much for joining me for uh good luck for your 2022 good luck for where the scary things are good luck for uh, the books that you have coming out as well uh, i hope they are all a great success and hopefully we can get you back on the show once uh, where the scary things are has been
2: released Oh, absolutely! I'd love to, and in fact, I'd love to get the kids on on with it. You know what I mean? To to talk to them. They're they're quite a bunch. That would be that would be
0: amazing, <laughs> and we would absolutely be be down for that. Um, but yes, uh, thank you so so much for joining me, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, you feel better soon as well from getting over your your omicron. And- yeah,
2: I'm I'm on the tail end of it now. I, I think I'm going to make it.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. Well, that's good to hear. But it,
1: uh, at least didn't adjust at the end of it like everybody else normally says. Right, just. right, yeah,
2: yeah, just on the end of it. Yeah, no, I'm. <laughs> I, I think uh, I'm pretty much. I mean, I, I feel almost back to normal. I, I think by tomorrow it, it should be good. But again, I'm. I'm lucky, and I'm not complaining whatsoever.
0: Awesome, awesome. But yes, like I say, thank you so, so much for joining us. We really, really do appreciate it. If you're listening to this episode, stay tuned because coming up, we still have our full ratings and we have our first trivia challenge of the year. So please do stay tuned for that. Thank you so, so much to B. Harrison Smith for joining us. We really appreciate everything that he had to talk to us about. I think it's fair to say that that was a pretty special interview.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was good. I enjoyed
0: that. Um, before we go any further, uh, I have something, but this is not special related, um, but I do have something to tell you. Because the last time we recorded, I told you we had another debate about whether Troll 2 was so bad it's good. Uh-oh. And so I decided that I would settle the debate once for all and I put a poll out on our Twitter and okay. I asked the, our followers whether they thought troll 2 was either so bad it's good or if it was just bad and I'm I could definitely
1: c- on the bad side
0: and I you're definitely on the bad side but you are in the minority cuz 79% uh, of people 79, so it's not even close Nico 79% of people said that troll 2 is so bad it's good 21% said it was just bad so you're in the big big minority
1: I'm shocked Like, our listeners. I'm I'm slightly disgusted a little
0: bit. (laughs) I'm not, guys. You're all, or 79% of you, are very much correct. No. But anyways, we're going to talk about the special. This movie was released in 2020, was directed by the aforementioned B. Harrison Smith. Stars Davey Raffaele, Dave Sheridan, Sarah Fresh. The IMDb plot is as follows. Suspecting his wife of infidelity, Jerry follows a friend down a dark rabbit hole into a horror landscape of addiction. Taglines for this movie. First up, this is not a love story. It's a making love story. No. (laughs) Uh, uh. Uh, Would you like the special and see it with someone you hate?
1: Yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. (laughs)
0: I think mean, that's the thing, like, that's one of the things, you know, we, I certainly picked, and we talked about that before, Before you know, we talked to, to Harrison, um, you know, they, he, he knows what he's made, and I think, you know, how many times I mean, we talk about movies that are, like, for example, and I'm not saying this is one of those movies, so please don't take it that way, but, you know, we talk about sometimes movies that are so bad they're good, and a lot of the times the directors, I feel like, don't know they're making that movie. Yeah. Whereas here, you know, this is something that's this is really out there and we talked to, and we talked about it in good depth, that's really out there, and that's really what what he was going for. He knew exactly what he was doing when he was making yeah. this film. And I think has actually done it with, with great effect. It's it it's
1: it's an uncomfortable movie to
0: watch. <laughs> yeah, it is an uncomfortable movie to watch, but that's the point of it, isn't it? Exactly. And yeah. you know. And it's- and it, I think it's you know ultimately that's the point of it. It's it's an allegory for addiction. Um, you know, Harrison talked about how, you know, ho- like talked about how different people means different things for horror. Then went on this in- <laughs> this incredible tangent <laughs> that we're just both massive fans of. Um, you know, but like everything that I think they set out to achieve from this movie, they did achieve. Oh yeah. And- there's,
1: there's there's so many bits on it. Like I was just. I, like I only watched it I didn't know anything about it. I went in just totally blind. so I had to watch it twice because like, the first <laughs> time like the first time I was just like, what the fuck <laughs> so uh, the, la- the
0: last time I introduced you to a movie was Splinter. Yeah and now I've introduced you to the special and that's something completely different.
1: Yeah, just a little bit just- but
0: aren't you glad that I've introduced you to this movie?
1: I'm just not want to go on a night with you ever again. <laughs> just in case you take me to get a special.
0: I'll, all night, I'll just be like, "Do you want the special?"
1: <laughs> and I'd be like, Bleh. I guess "This it's going <laughs> to be a joke
0: that no one else gets." <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, but no, um, you're right. Like this is a that you can't. You at the same time, you might not want to, but I feel like you just can't watch this film once.
1: Yeah. Cause it's just so
0: fucked up. It's so fucked up, and it was really interesting because you brought up in the in the interview there about the scene that really got you was when he he kisses the blob, and yeah. there's so but there's so much fucked up shit in this film that I'd actually forgotten that that even happened. And I remember sitting here, sitting on my sofa for the first time watching the movie with just this like twisted face as this happened because you're right, it just, there's so many moments that that really make you feel uncomfortable in this movie, whether it's just simply him fucking this blob, whether it's him kissing the blob, whether it's him sort of caressing his wife's breast after he's murdered. You know, like there's so many aspects of this film you know, and even things like, you know, when we don't know what's in the box yet and he's, like, smelling the hole and, and things yeah. like that, we're just like, why would you do that? Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you do that? There's so much fucked up shit in this film. I think this is possibly one of the most unique films that we will ever review on the podcast.
1: Yeah, it's it's a fucked up movie. Like like they, Like, for a start, right? He's going with his mate to a whorehouse. And when he goes to the whorehouse, instead of taking three girls at the same time, he goes for putting his dick in a box. Now, that's just fucked up.
0: It is. It's absolutely fucked up. And, you know, it's just... that, that And that's probably one of the least fucked up things about...
1: I know! That, that's what I was meaning. Like, like, so it starts off with the weirdest decision you're ever going to make. Because... Put it this way, that box has got enough space for a head in it, that's it. So, what's going through his mind at that point? Is it somebody reaching up through the table have a ham shank? Is it somebody <laughs> well, what sticking did you th- did, the of like, the box?
0: When you first saw this, what did you think was in the box?
1: I'm like, I... I, I genuinely when i saw that i was thinking he's picked the wrong choice here that's what was going through my head i'm just i wasn't even thinking about what was in the box and then I'm, it wasn't till he's trying to get into it i'm like well it's obviously going to be like a zombie head or something Was what i thought.
0: i mean and you're not far wrong to be honest yeah. you're you're kind of well, right there um uh, but you know it could have been i remember we're like You don't know it's a zombie. Like when he first takes, it's it is just a blob. It's not until the very very end of the movie that it is revealed that that's what the that's what became the blob.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And you know, we talked about in the interview. This is going to be quite a short section of of the episode because we did get into quite a lot of depth and got some really really fantastic sort of behind the scenes knowledge from from Harrison during the interview. So we're going to keep our sort of final review here quite short before we move on but um,
1: you but know I think comfortable blob you just want because it would just be like I guarantee he's not the only guy that's had the special you know what I mean
0: oh no like, we, well do, do we think his friend had the
2: special
1: his friend had the special he's like it's going to blow your mind you're in for such a treat yada yada yeah. and you're like uh, no and the guy um, what's his name that at the end pulls his head off he's had the special because he was like oh I might try that with my woman then yeah yeah and you're just like so it, it's a comfort blob that used to be like somebody's head As so said, it's obviously yeah it's like a, like it, it's like a brain that's melted down by the looks of it you know what i mean
0: yeah exactly exactly that and you know you know like i said there, there's not a huge amount left for us to talk about we've 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 been talking we've now been talking about this film for for an hour and a half and um yeah. which is longer than we talk about most of our films to be honest um but you've ever, I think, you know, I, I'm going to find it difficult to rate this because, as I said, this is a very unique movie and it's really, really out there. And I I don't know how to rate that. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying, though, because like sometimes you'll watch another movie and you can compare it to other films and you say, well, no, it's better than this film. So therefore, I can give it a high. You know, you can justify your scores. But uh, here, I think the fact that the fact that they, they've achieved and uh, they've achieved everything that they set out to achieve, but this this is there's no I've, I don't think we'll ever review another film quite like this makes it really difficult to score well,
1: do, do, like it, like put it this way this is a really good movie for what it is, which is to freak out somebody that you know.
0: yeah, definitely. Um, so have you got anything else on top of what we've just said now on top of what we've said in the interview that you want to add or bring up about this film N-
1: not really there, no. it's it's hard to discuss this cum bubble that is just <laughs> like it's it, 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 go watch this movie and just like tell us what you think is basically what I'm saying
0: Yeah. If you're if you are uh, in the UK this movie is currently available on Amazon Prime, um, so you can check it out there as well. But uh, we should move on then to our next segment, which is the ratings and the reviews. A census
2: taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti.
0: Obviously, for we haven't got a trivia section this week because we got a shitload of trivia from Harrison. Yeah, from the director himself, yeah. <laughs> like, who, who, what better person to come on and tell us everything that we needed to know about this movie? But, uh, so we'll skip on straight to the ratings. We'll start off with the critics, as always. IMDb scored this 4.9 out of 10. There is no, much like our last film, no Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes critic scores for this. The Rotten Tomatoes audience scored this 38%, but our listeners... And our followers when we throw it out to our social media scored this 8.2 out of 10 so really really high from the listeners and the people who have obviously gone and seen this film Nico on a scale of 0 to 10 what are you rating the special
1: See, I'd rate it an 8
0: you're going for an 8
1: I'm going for an 8
0: okay and um,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm doing that because genuinely it, it, it was a movie where I couldn't take my eyes off it like you, you're genuinely watching this going, what's the next fucked up thing they're going to do? And I, I, like movies like that, which I've said before. So it was just like, don't get me wrong, this isn't a movie you can just slap on and have on in the background when folk come round for dinner. You know what I mean? It, I definitely wouldn't recommend that to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's fucked up on so many levels, but good because of it.
0: Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I think that's a really good score. I'm... I love this movie. I yeah, actually really not love not. this movie, and I'm, I'm gonna give it a nine.
1: See, it's hard to say what you like about it, because it's... it's it fucks with your head, is the only way I put it. Like, you know what I mean?
0: This this film is what it is, and as a like... I can't fault, like, it, it literally has done everything that it set out to do listen is this the greatest movie of all time no and you know that that's that's always going to be common knowledge but it set out exactly what it wanted to do it did it and it did it expertly you know and yeah, yeah I'm, I, I love this movie it's not a movie that i'm particularly in a hurry to go and watch again
1: <laughs> Yeah. It's it's there to make somebody uncomfortable. This this movie genuinely is one of those unique ones that it's like stick it on just to see just to watch the other person's reactions, I think. Yeah.
0: And it's another one of those rare occasions where I give a higher score than you. I know. It hasn't happened like I'm just looking at the leaderboard. It has only happened once, twice, three, four, five six. That's. This is only the eighth time that that's happened.
1: Yeah. And how yeah. much movies have we done now?
0: This is the twenty fifth movie.
1: Yeah. So it just goes to show it's it's a very strange occurrence for a very strange movie.
0: Very strange occurrence for a very strange movie. But you know, and I think as well, like people get wrapped up in the way people describe things. Us calling it a very strange movie, that's us paying a compliment to this film.
1: Yeah it's it's meant to be strange you you're going into this to see something strange it's Uh, you it's
0: it's it's great oh yeah it is absolutely to call it to call it weird to call it disgusting to call it strange whatever you know the the adjective is that you want to describe it that is um that is what that is what you know it's set out to be
1: it's Um, it's a special movie
0: it is uh, a there you go I think you might have just stolen one of the bad letter books. <laughs> Did I? Uh, but we also throw it out to. We also throw it out to you guys, the listeners. Uh, Rags von Grimm says you ever you you've heard of boy meets girl now meet boy fucks box. <laughs>
1: it's just my dick in a box. Sorry, I had to get it. There way. you go.
0: Um, oh. Mike Petro says, I loved it. A deeply disturbing take on addiction. And our friend Boomer says, I enjoyed the journey. And that ending is
1: just bonkers. Yeah, you, you see the ending coming, but...
0: Ending hey, just... hey, so did the blob. Hey. <laughs> but uh, we shall <laughs> shall move on to our next segment, which is the bad letterbox review segment. This is where I troll the movie review site Letterboxd for some of the more amusing... Uh, more amusing reviews of the movies that we covered these are usually to be found down in the half and one star reviews but sometimes they can be found on the higher reviews as well um so let's just go through some of them first up q andy sandberg and justin timberlake singing it's my dick in a box
1: (laughs) the thing is you're watching this and it says stick in here on the box (laughs) yeah Uh, you just instantly think of that like you can't help it
0: Uh, up next about a guy who fucked a vagina and then turned into one (laughs) 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 here's here's the one this one just says really special dot dot
1: dot yeah there we go it is is a special movie
0: that the box do be looking thick though (laughs) (laughs) what Oh, I can't even well, not glo-
1: mil gap. Right, hold on. There's about a ten mil gap on that fucking box. So if your dick stay reaching past ten mil, you don't have a dick. Is <laughs> <It's> the <laughs> only thing I'm saying.
0: Sand like, okay. your glory hole smooth, folks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cannot recommend that. No. <laughs> uh,
0: kind of just what you were. S- wow. Kind of just what you were go Kind of on the same lines of what you were going on choosing the box over three women a hot wife at home and he's fucking a wooden box
1: aye like that That genuinely like I, I don't understand like he must have been blutered because if you were in that you, you, you would have begun can I get the, the box please yeah <laughs> I, I, I want that I, I want a glory hole that could only fit a hand or a midget's head in it <laughs>
0: Taking the bros out to get their dicks wet at the fortune teller shop because that's what homies do.
1: so fucked up.
0: Horror story about what would happen if you didn't solve the puzzle box from Hellraiser but instead put your dick in it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I love that one. And finally,
0: finally, a romantic tale. About a boy and his cum orb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is, it, it is just a cum blob, right? That's the thing. That's the thing I can't go over this, right? At if, if the end, you're just like, how much folks cum is in that? Like, genuinely, just no. Yeah. Like, bleh, bleh. And yeah. he kisses that. He kisses that. He
0: does kiss that. Yeah. Tasty, tasty. Mm. Uh, Nico?
1: Yeah. Yes?
0: How well do you know horror? Hello Amanda,
1: I want to play a game. <laughs> oh god, like, did, did, I'm going to film this roof like this, I know I am.
0: So, for anyone who's been following us on social media for the past couple of weeks knows that we have been planning our, our year-long trivia challenge. And this is going to be something that ru- I, th- I hope that we're able to run almost every single episode for the year if not obviously we'll try and do it as many times as we can all of our special guests will get a go and we'll have some extra guests coming on specifically for the trivia challenge so basically what is going to happen is that every single person who takes part will be given 15 questions about horror movies and it's your job today, Nico To try and answer those 15 questions in as quick as time as possible. We'll create a leaderboard of everyone that takes part, and at the end of the year, the person who has got the most questions right, in the fastest time, because you will be timed, Oh God. in the fastest time, uh, will win a prize. I've not yet decided what the prize is. (laughs)
1: Let's just say I won't be in contention for it.
0: But, uh, yes, we'll we'll win a prize. So, some of the questions... I I think... the, the the level of difficulty i've got in this quiz there are some easy questions in here there are some not so easy questions there are some questions that i do not expect anyone to be actually get the whole point you know is... what's
1: going to happen here is i'm going to get the easy ones wrong and i'm going to get the stupidly hard ones right and then it's just going to be a shit show
0: well perhaps um so what the, pl- <laughs> the plan is i will go through the questions you will give us your answers. I won't give tell you whether you're right or, or wrong until the end of the quiz.
1: You Am may... I allowed to pass and re-get them? If, if you okay.
0: pass a question, I can go back to it, but obviously remember that adds time on as well. And this know. could come down to time. Okay. So, um, yeah, you do get the option to go back, and then once you've decided that you've had enough, then we'll stop the clock. Okay. Right, so, Nico, are you ready? No. No, excellent. Well, because of that, your time starts now. What is the name of the hotel where The Shining takes place?
1: Pass, because my place just went
0: What is the name of the lake where Jason Voorhees stalks his victims? Uh, Crystal. In what state was the house from the Amityville Horror located? Pass! In what year was Bride of Chucky released?
1: Uh, 2003.
0: Who directed The Sixth Sense?
1: I can't say his name. Shall. Oh, fuck. Pass!
0: What is the name of the demon in The Exorcist? Uh,
1: Exorcist. Oh, I know that one. I know that one. Oh!
0: What song is playing when Patrick Bateman kills Paul Allen, Jared Leto, with an axe?
1: Uh, Oh, shit. It's Genesis. I can't remember what it is. Susurio.
0: How many days did it take to shoot the Blair Witch Project? 90. Who plays the role of Hannibal Lecter in the modern TV adaptation of the classic horror film?
1: Oh, fuck, what's his name? Michaelson?
0: What is the name of the town that Halloween takes place in? Fuck. <laughs> name, <laughs> well. name the movie from the following quote. Sometimes dead is better.
1: Uh, is that not Pet Sematary? <laughs>
0: How often does the purge happen? Once a year. What reason did the killers in The Strangers give for terrorising the main characters? In what? The Strangers.
1: Oh, Strangers. Isn't it the Manson family or something?
0: How many people died in The Babadook? Four. Four. What is the <laughs> what, what was the budget of the cabin in the woods? Oh,
1: fucking which one's cabin in the woods again? my mind's went blank. Ah, pass.
0: Would you like me to go back to your passes?
1: Oh god, this is going to be even worse.
0: Okay, number one. What is the name of the hotel where The Shining takes place?
1: Uh, no, it, it's at, at the tip of my tongue, but I fucking ah, uh, t- t- oh. nah. Okay.
0: In what state was the house from the Amityville Horror located?
1: Uh, Nah. (sighs) (laughs) I told you I'd be shit at this. I had no sleep last night.
0: What is is the name of the demon in The Exorcist?
1: I know this one because I watched it recently. Fuck. Well, the viewers, you can tell I'm not going to win this. No, Got not mind
0: that. What is the name of the town that Halloween takes place in?
1: Uh oh, fuck I've forgotten. Genuinely my mind's blank, no. Nah.
0: And finally, according to IMDB, what is the budget of the cabin in the woods? Two million. And that is it, your time is up. So how do you think you did? <laughs> <laughs> Shite. hmm right shall we go through some of these questions Duh. question
1: number one well, do, you want, do you want to know the worst thing what I've remembered the fucking demon now.
0: well we'll get we'll get well you can give it the answer you're not going to get the point but you can give us the answer when we get to the question number is it one not like w- Ha we'll get we'll get to the question Nico uh,
1: but it's annoying
0: what is the name of the hotel where the shining takes place
1: I genuinely mind went blank no idea
0: I can't believe you didn't get this. I really I know, it's, what,
1: it's like, both of my favourites. Like, fucking, they're both. Anyway, right.
0: It's the Overlook Hotel.
1: That's the one.
0: Uh, question number two. What is the name of the lake where Jason Voorhees stalks his victims? You said Crystal, and it is Crystal Lake. You've got one!
1: Mhm.
0: <laughs> question three. In what state was the house from the Amityville Horror located? It was New York. Okay. Okay. Number four, what year was Bride of Chucky released? What did you say? 2003?
1: I thought I said four. Or was it three?
0: Well, pick one.
1: I can't remember what I said
0: now. It doesn't matter, because it was 1998. Oh, okay. You weren't a million miles away, though.
1: It's a random guess.
0: Question five, even though you didn't say his name properly, I'm going to give you the point for it, because we all know you meant M. Night Shyamalan, so
1: i could never say his name right
0: so i'm gonna give you the point for who directed the sixth sense it was m night Shyamalan. question yeah, six that's... what is the name of the demon in the exorcist you didn't get this but what did you say you think it is
1: is it not like Pazu or something
0: you're close it's pazuzu
1: pazuzu that's it
0: call yourself okay. a horror fan
1: it's, not not, had and No Sleep. Question seven. What, what yeah. song
0: is playing when Patrick Bateman kills Paul Allen, Jared Leto, with an axe? You said Susudio, which is in American Psycho, but during that scene he kills Paul Allen to hip to be square.
1: Oh yeah, shoot
0: Paul. How many days did it take to shoot the Blair Witch Project? You said 90. The answer... It's, it
1: was like a week, was it
0: not? Did you say 90?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: it was eight days.
1: Yeah, I know. It's like a week or something, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Question nine. Who plays the role of Hannibal Lecter in the modern TV adaptation of the classic horror film? I can't... I don't think I can give you this. I think you said Michelson.
1: Michelson, I said.
0: Did you give us... Did you say Michelson? Mm, okay. Uh, they,
1: they, you know they, they, what?
0: You're well, not going to win. I'll give you the point. It's Mads Michelson. Yeah. Question number ten. What's the name of the town that Halloween takes place in? This one hurt my soul, Nico.
1: It hurt mine, too. It was it's Hardenfield. It's field. I know. <laughs> uh, see, the pressure got to me.
0: Question 11. Name the movie from the following quote, Sometimes dead is better. You said Pet Cemetery," which is the correct answer.
1: Yeah. At least I got one Stephen King one right.
0: How often does the purge happen? It is once a year, so you got that one as well. Okay. What reason did the killers and the strangers give for terrorizing the main characters? You said the Manson because, family.
1: I know, it's because they could, basically. I they imagine.
0: said because they were home.
1: Yeah.
0: Question 14. How many people died in the Babadook? You said four. The answer is none. No one died in the Babadook. Oh, And finally, question 15. What was the budget, according to IMDB, of the Cabin in the Woods? You said $2 million. million. The answer was $30 million. (laughs) So you weren't particularly close with that one. But uh, Nico, that means you are currently top of the leaderboard with five points.
1: Soon to be bottom.
0: Five points, though. It's better than nothing.
1: Yeah, but my brain just fried instantly, as soon as you went like, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm out. You
0: also did I'm it like... in a time of 3 minutes 38 seconds.
1: Yeah, well, the amount of passes I could have done it in about fucking 30 seconds.
0: So, 3 minutes 38 seconds for you to get 5 right. So that's the general, so congratulations Nico on being first. The um, But that's <laughs> going to be the general sort of themes of the quiz. So like, for example... We'll always have a question in there that's going to... Because I'm trying to be as balanced as I can. Because, like, you've you've obviously accused me of some bias in some of our previous quizzes against you.
1: No, it's just my brain doesn't work anymore. Um,
0: so, for example, like, we'll always have a question in there that asks what year something's going to be released. We'll also have... always have, like, a director question. We'll always have a budget question, a body... cut. Ca- you know what I mean? So that I yeah. can be... try and be as balanced as possible. Yeah. Um... But that was fun, Nico, wasn't it? No, I hated it. <laughs> well, well, I loved it. But anyways, so yeah, looking forward to seeing what everyone else can bring to the table for our trivia challenge. But uh, that is going...
1: I, I think I should do you one week.
0: Oh, Nico, that would be... Uh, <laughs> whatever do you mean?
1: I'm, I'm going to quiz you one week. You've I'm quizzed, not even going to tell you. have me before. No, I haven't done that, like, general knowledge like that before.
0: I, when, I was on uh, the You Run podcast, um, which is another horror review podcast uh, at the weekend, which comes out, I think, next week. And, uh, shockingly, the topic was Doctor Sleep. Um, Uh, I love that, by the way. (laughs) um, And I I got put through a similar trivia challenge on that that quiz, and I got 13 out of 15 correct. Nice. I'd have
1: probably got three.
0: I did you do and on their quiz you do get some some a few lifelines it's like millionaire you get, See?
1: that would have been better
0: no 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 this is just straight up timed challenge I don't want I don't want no one's getting any help
1: you, you should uh, have have ask Nico one because I'm not gonna be any help with anything.
0: <laughs> yeah that'll be good for people's times they use their lifeline and it takes them 15 minutes to answer the 15 questions.
1: <laughs> I'd just be like nope <laughs>
0: anyways that that is going to do it for this week's show Nico thank you for- this has been a v- this has been a very very special show
1: oh I, I hope to see specials like this more often
0: Hey, yes this is something though that we hope that we will be able to do mo- more of uh, as we move forward throughout 2022 and beyond we I know I had an absolute blast talking to Harrison I think you did too Nico um, so yeah, it's something that we hope to do more of, we obviously will have other special guests on to talk about movies like we've had previously with Candy and Rob, um, but yeah, we'll, so we're hoping to have a nice sort of mix of the two happening over the course of the next year, obviously as you can tell from this episode there's been a couple of changes, you know, we're introducing the trivia challenge and the horror hot takes are back, so like we are sort of trying to keep evolving and keep things fresh and new for you guys as well, so hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoy that, and I must say We've had a great response from everyone since the beginning of 2022. We really, really have had, uh, you know, in terms of download numbers and social media interactions, we really, really have had an excellent start to the year. Our last episode on the, um, our first episode of the year, sorry, on originals versus reboots, got more downloads in its first week than any of our other episodes had gotten in its first four weeks. Fuck. So that's how, like, that's how good that episode went. So thank oh, yeah. you so, so much to everyone who's been downloading and listening. Recommending us. Give us a five-star review on Apple and on Spotify. It helps us get further up the search engine results. It gets us to new ears. Uh, share our posts on social media. Interact with us. You can find us on Twitter at Damned Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok is at Podcast of the Damned. If you like horror video games, then check out my streams. I stream to Twitch. Uh, twitch.tv forward slash that scottish gamer guy that underscore scottish underscore gamer underscore guy the links to all of this will be in the description for this episode follow nico on social media as well he's on twitter i can't remember your handle again can you remember yeah.
1: it yeah you uh, n1c022 underscore we're gonna
0: get this sorted right we can't have yes
1: yeah. Yes, I agree.
0: But the, 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 that will be in the description for this episode, so do check that out as well. Um, up next on the show, it's back to just being me and you next week. Just yep. the two of us.
1: We can make it if we try. Just,
0: just the two of us. us.
1: You and I. Yeah.
0: Um, and we are talking about, and this is, we're, we're, re- we're, we're going to have to revisit that, that age-old debate for me and you because we're talking about The Shining. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And it was mentioned today as well. How good is
0: that? <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it when he said it. It's mentioned today. When I went on the you Run podcast, the way they work is that they pick sort of like a, a subject matter, and they pick like six movies under the subject matter and put that to polls. Yeah. So when um, when I got sent the list of potential movies it could be, and I saw Doctor Sleep was on the list, I just knew that their, their listeners and their followers would pick that. I just fucking knew it. And lo and behold, it was fucking Dr. Sleep. For a movie that I fucking hate, I don't think I've spent so much time talking about it in the past six fucking months.
1: Can, can I just say, I'm loving
0: it. I fucking hate it. But uh, yes, so The Shining is up next. An all-time classic uh we're sure to have loads of trivia there's going to be loads to discuss in that movie so that might be a bit of an epic as well yeah um but yeah until then thank you once again to nico for joining me thank you so so much once again to be harrison smith director of the special for joining us we hope to have him back on the show later in the year as well and thank you to you guys the listeners once again for downloading and listening to this episode and until next week you all stay spooky out there